0: I'm Luka Dončić and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. No,
1: no, this no. is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I will bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the mask. <laughs>
0: and the in
2: the
1: house tonight. And... Welcome. You are locked down at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and joining me as always my co-host contributor at Mavs.com starting at center. What you
2: got for me Isaac Harris? What a win. That's a win right there. That's a fun win. Top five, top three most fun win of the season. Top one. Really? Fun. It was a fun win. There was so much it random was.
1: stuff. We could spend the entire pod just breaking down the fun moments. Not even the good basketball moments, but the fun moments. Bobon getting the ball out from the, you know, the back of the basket stanchion. Oh, that was, that was with great. JJ Berea just waving everybody off. He was waving the, you know, the ball boys off and everything, the towel kids, and like, no, 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 everyone stop. Bobon's getting it. And then I don't know if you saw this on the broadcast, but we had an all time moment uh with Jeff Skin Wade and with with follow, talking about uh, how Buddy Healed is allergic to not shooting, and it was they just kept going and going and going. It was like fourth quarter blowout theater, it was the greatest. I tweeted it out so you can go at Nick Van Exit and you can go listen to it. There was that moment, there was just fun stuff
2: all the over Boban the place. Bobon three at the end of the, the game, the Bobon corner three. Free Chick-fil-A. Yes. Every, to everyone in attendance. I mean, that place I think it got more excited for that free Chick fil A at the end of the game than anything. I it was just it was incredible. Luca, the guy at half the halftime performer, he was a dude who looked like he was like sick in his sixties or seventies. I don't know, standing up on chairs. Oh, like the stacking chairs the,
1: guy? Heck yeah. Yeah.
2: Incredible. Like the whole night was I mean, unbelievable. I loved being there tonight. It was great. It was great. On
1: today's show, we are going to react and break down to that Sacramento Kings game. The Mavericks did end up pulling out the win. Uh, what did they score? Like 1,000 points? Uh, the Close. Mavericks scored 130 to 111 against Sacramento Kings, against Harrison Barnes, and our old friend Yogi Farrell. Um, so we'll talk about that game. We'll break it down. And then in the second segment, I'm very excited for this. We are gonna hear from Christoph's Porzingis. Isaac was able to get some audio from him after the game. And so he got a lot of stuff about Christoph's Porzingis. I thought this was one of his best games of the season. Uh, yeah. and definitely his best game with Luca. And so we'll talk about that. He had a lot of good stuff to say about playing with Luca. Uh Tim Cato asked a great question. Did playing without Luca help Kristaps Porzingis get his rhythm back? So we'll talk about that, uh, about his mid-range shot, all of that in the second segment. And then we got a blowout. And so we got some fourth quarter blowout theater. So we're going to answer some of your questions that you guys asked at Locked on Mavs on Twitter. You asked a bunch of questions, so we'll get to those in the third segment. Here we go. All right. Rick Carlisle said at the very last minute, Sacramento Kings changed their lineup to go a little bit smaller uh, the Mavericks did the same thing and matched it. Decided to go with Jalen Brunson starting. This was Luca's first game back in seven. He missed seven with an ankle injury. I don't know if any of you guys knew that Luca had not played games over, over the last couple of weeks. Have we noted? Did we notice? I didn't know if that was true. Yeah, I did not know. Uh, but he was back. Luca was back, and Brunson started with Luca. Um, Dorian, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Porzingis are going small. Sacramento Kings started uh, Fox. Harry, Harry,
2: Harry Giles was supposed to start. Buddy. Harry
1: Giles was supposed to start for the Kings um, but Corey Joseph gets to start instead with Bielitsa, Harrison Barnes and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Buddy Heald coming off the bench still for them um, and Carlisle said that that really helped the Mavericks because it, it helped them become more flowy, more ball movement uh, and uh, Courtney Lee was supposed to start for the Mavericks, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, Courtney Lee was slotted to start, so them going small, and I mean, kind of really putting Harrison Barnes at the five, that, you when, know, that was... When
1: they took Bielita out, there was times when Harrison Barnes was the five, I mean, that was just crazy lineups, and Porzingis was, I mean, we'll talk about him in the second segment, but he was killing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, even with Belitza you had, you know, it's one of those two are playing the four and a five, and... It, it, it goes back to that whole thing of man where we're at in the league today of some of these uh guys who are getting starts at the five I know I tweeted about it some but you know a few nights ago Marcus Gasol's hurt for Toronto they started Ronda Hollis Jefferson at the five yeah Houston starting PJ Tucker at the five you know Sacramento you know leaving 610 6 Harry Giles out and going with Barnes and Belize at the five you know it's just you're seeing a lot of these teams have that ability with their lineups and that's what Sacramento did and Dallas took advantage of that with Porzingis. And, man, what we've talked about in that mid-range shot for him and him being able to shoot over you know, defenders, that's all day. That's always going to be there. It was just a matter of time when that's going to you know start going down. And, man, if this is a, a sign for things to come, mm. then watch, watch out. Mm. We'll talk about
1: Porzingis a little bit later. Luka Doncic in this game, 33 points, 12 boards, 8 assists. Um, Carlisle made a really good point about Luka. He was 10 of, of 12 from the free throw line, which was amazing. Mm. Um, he made a good point that Luca, he when he first started getting going, he didn't st- walk out there and just start like throwing up jumpers. He tried to get to the line. He tried to get you know position. Uh, he tried to you know get to the hole, get to the rack, and, and get others involved, and get others involved. And those those are the two things that he really tried to do early. Uh, and coming back, I mean, he didn't look rusty at all. Like just didn't. It looked like he just had a day off and he was had fresh legs.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that was the you know the big thing that you know I, I constantly think back to you know LeBron when it comes into some of these playoff series and LeBron's such a smart you know playmaker and leader on his teams to where he'll take the first quarter first half of the first quarter and just start to get everybody going and at the very beginning of this game, like it, it was, you know, two or three minutes into the game before Luca even attempted a shot. And because I was about to tweet it out and I uh, saying Luke hasn't attempted a shot yet, but he was just getting everybody else involved. He, he didn't come back and force it. And it's stuff like that. It's those type of mindsets and the mental part of the game that at 20 years old, that's it, just not normal. And, you know, uh, KP praised. Luca, you know, we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but he praised Luca that th- there's a lot of talking going on between those two on the offensive end of him, you know, Luca going out of his way to get KP the ball in some of these spots. And yeah, it was good. I love that Rick pointed out that Luca was getting everyone involved because that is, you know, a semi conversation, not a selfish part on Luca, but when you have a ball dominant player how do you still you know, keep everybody in the rhythm and flow of the game, but still handle the ball the most at the same time? And Luca, I thought, did an incredible job of that tonight.
1: Yeah, he did a great job of letting the game come to him and not just trying to dictate what was going to happen in the game. Sometimes superstars can dictate what's going to happen, but sometimes you just let the game come to you and you just take advantage of whatever's given to you. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. in this game, <laughs> 19.6 assists, uh, and Seth Curry, 18.6 assists for them. Uh, that's key for the Mavericks. Luka and Porzingis can combine for 60 like they did in this night, but you gotta have somebody else step up. And in this case, they had two guys step up and hit shots and get others involved. Seth Curry had some amazing passes. He had uh, just some really really good looks in this, but both of those guys I
2: thought definitely deserved a shout out um, with. And honestly like how this box score, like looking at this box score tonight is something that you're like, this is almost like an ideal box score from everything. From like The breakdown of scoring—you have, you know, KP and Luca with their, you know, what'd you say? Was it sixty point basically um, points between both of them guys you know right after that you have Tim Hardaway and Seth, you know, two guys that are known for their scoring helping them out. Just team-wise 42% from 3, 34 assists. That was the very first thing Rick Carlisle pointed out today in the post-game press conference. You know, it's it's these type of like all of those things were huge.
1: Third time that they've had over 34 assists. They're 5-0 when the Mavericks have over 30 assists.
2: Dang. Yeah, so like I mean that this is what you this is the if you had to pick a box score and say yeah this is what we're trying to shoot for. This is the type of game right here.
1: Literally trying to shoot for 40% from 3. That's that's what you want. Um, all right coming up let's hear from Christoph Porzingis, will talk about his great game. Thought he had some really good stuff tonight. And then we'll get to some of your questions later. Uh, Guys, make sure you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnMavs. We just did one of those, you know, A, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, 1, 2, 3, A, B, C, D things with the lines where you pick a three-on-three team. So go check that out. I thought that was funny. Um, the second line I think you guys will appreciate. so go check that out on Twitter. Also you can follow me at Nick Van Exit. you can follow Isaac at Isaac L Harris and if you're not, go follow the locked on NBA network accounts. I'm running those accounts now I'm tweeting out, posting stuff on Instagram every single day giving you a daily update as well as some other stuff from around the league. Uh, so go follow it's at locked on NBA net on every single platform so go follow us there. All right Isaac. Let's hear from Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, this first clip, uh, and then we'll talk about his game as we hear from Kristaps. Um, this is about playing with Luca. He was asked, you know, how is how is you know playing with Luca going, and basically just how are they how have they figured some things out.
0: We looked good out there tonight. You know, we um, Luca's done a, a great job of you know communicating to me uh, where I want to get the ball. You know, he's also kind of getting used to playing with me. And, and he's really you know starting to find me in those spots where I'm comfortable and at mid-range area and uh, and slowly slowly these things are starting to click so uh, uh, I think I think as as, as we keep working and playing together're gonna get better and better and better so uh, we want to keep it going and, and um, you know to out you have a great game also everybody, everybody stepped up to me and played great so uh, happy that we were able to Finish this this stretch on on a good
2: note. I like how he said, "Shout out to Luca! Shout out to Luca! He, he had a good game." I, I love that part when you know when he's talking about. We alluded to it a little bit ago, but when he's talking about Luca, how much they're talking and finding him, finding him in his spots, because we know that they're you know they and they know that they have to you know figure out how to get on the same page and you know, with these games that Luke has been out and KP's been, you know, playing pretty well... How can that continue on when Luca came in? And you know, Luca, it just it shows a leader leadership part of Luca that he stepped in. And you know, he's probably like, "Hey, how can I step into this and still keep KP going?" And it looks like they've had these conversations of, "Hey, I'm going to go out of my way. Where do you want the ball? Do you want the ball at you know on the elbow? Do you want the ball in the post? Do you want you know when do you want the ball? Do you want it transition? You know, whatever it is. And I, this is the stuff you want to see from your superstar duo, and it's amazing." I love that. This is what we've been talking about
1: for days and days and episodes and episodes. Luca has to learn where to find Porzingis. Porzingis has to be more aggressive in demanding those spots and getting to his spots, you know, yeah. and, and demanding in a way that is advantageous for the team. And he'll talk about it a little bit later, taking advantage of those matchups. But this was a game where you can kind of tell, and uh, we'll we'll hear from Chris Tops about this, but Luca sitting out some of these games might be some pe- people keep saying you know is this good for KP to get in a rhythm is it good for you know Porzingis to get out there and actually be the number 1 and I kind of agree with that a little bit but it might be really good for Luca to just be able to sit courtside and watch Porzingis get the ball where he mm. likes it be in the spots and see and see the game instead of just you know being in the game all the time and I wonder if that's what's really helped this you know this grouping and it helped Luca
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were about. I thought you were about to play another audio clip. Man, so we just... were really doing a real good podcast up until that point. <laughs> until this point, <laughs> no, I, I think that that was that is a different angle to it that you know a lot of us, including myself, didn't really think about. Is it is a time for Luca to kind of study KP up front. I mean, he's got the best seat in the house, sitting on the bench, and see how KP you know maximizes his game. And you, but you, you know, it, this wasn't just all talk from KP though. You can literally go back and think about this game and see the times that Luca either motioned somebody to go to the other side of the court, not for him, not to clear out for him, but hey, get to the other side because KP's got a mismatch. Or hey, let's you know spread out a little bit yeah. and go on, and He's making a point to get KP the ball in these situations, and it's it's not just the mismatches. It's when KP wants the ball too, and I think that's been that's been huge. Where there were times KP was calling for the ball, and even somebody like Bielitsa was on him, not just a Corey Joseph. And Luca was still going out of his way to get him the ball. Seeing those two guys, like that chemistry brewing, like that that's the biggest thing. And you've 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 harped on this all season long. Like that's the main goal for the season is that chemistry between those two. That's what I've been saying all year. So here's Chris Hobbs
1: thinks answering the question, you know, did playing without Luca help him in this area?
2: Would you say there's any silver lining to the fact that you're able to integrate into the offense without him for a few games? Obviously
0: you prefer him being out there, but right. did that help at all? Would
1: say
0: um, maybe? in a sense where just to like um, get my rhythm a little bit more, you know, maybe, maybe in that sense. Um, but uh, I felt like, yeah, like right before he got hurt, we're also like getting in a, in a pretty good rhythm. We're playing with each other and... And, uh, and tonight, you know, tonight was, tonight was great. Everybody, I think we all had a little bit of that um, uh, belly, uh, not belly, <laughs> the fire under our belly, you know, from the last game. Uh, that, one, that one hurt, uh, especially that, that first half of how we started. And, and tonight you can see a, a team that was that was pissed and, and, and we wanted to, you know, play well in front of our fans and, and give our all and, and finish this on, on a good note. And, and that's what we did.
1: I love, I love that he couldn't figure out the phrase, uh, fire in our belly. He said, we had a little belly. <laughs>
2: a little belly, that belly fire. Care.
1: It was also funny, they were playing Bielica. oh They had a little belly. They were playing against a <laughs> little belly. Who didn't go off, by the way. Bielitsa finally didn't have an amazing game against the Mavs. He only had 10 points. Uh, but Christoph Porzingis, we haven't said it, but 27 points, 13 boards, 5 assists, 3 blocks, 11 of 16 from the floor. Three of four from the free throw line. He hit two of his the only five threes that he took. Uh and he was a plus twenty-seven for the game. So the, the Mavericks just absolutely crushed when Luca and Porzingis were on the floor together.
2: And I think this is what KB likes. If you go to the beginning of the season, when he you know, he was saying those post game uh, in those postgame pressers of saying or the media scrums and saying, Yeah, I'm not used to shooting this many threes. You know, he's like he was just chucking up threes. They were just making him this, you know, pick and pop guy, and he only shot five threes tonight. But yet he had 27 points and this is one of his best games of the whole season. I think this is the type of, like, that's the type of shots that he wants is he wants those mid range shots. He wants those post up shots. And, you know, one of the biggest conversation over the past uh, really tonight, you know, in particular is him as the role man and how that he's starting to incorporate that, uh, not just him, but them as an offensive, him kind of, you know, diversifying it up a little bit. And even um, Carlisle's, Uh, post-game press conference when I think it was Brad or somebody asked him about him being a role man and he kind of I think it might have been Tim Cato and he's like no, well, he, you know, Carl. I was really quick. He said, he's not just a role man now. He's, he's, he's everything. He's, he's a pop man too. He's gonna be a role man. He, and you saw that incredible pass tonight he made on the roll over to Tim Hardaway Jr. in the corner to where Luca. Kind of it was a kind of risky pass, threaded the needle a little bit. But KP is like, I mean, in one motion, got it, threw it to the corner. You know that stuff they're working on in practice. And I mean, it was an incredible pass by him, but. If they get the roll game go, going down too, because we know the pops there, like pick and pop, that's yeah. always going to be there between the two. But if he becomes a good roll man too, sheesh, he's got to go. put it
1: all together. And we're starting yeah. to we're starting to see him put it all together: the mid range, the three point, around the rim, the lobs, and so like the lobs are there, like right, like Luca can hit him on on the lob when it's available. The threes were getting there. He's not shooting an incredible percentage, but he's shooting pretty, well. he's shooting really well for a seven three guy, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, the pop is there and the spacing was there. Like all those elements were there, but Christoph Porzingis becoming a go-to scorer. We're starting to see it over the last, you know, six games or so from Porzingis with Luca out a little bit. And then this game, Christoph Porzingis over the last six games, 28 and a half points per game, ten and a half boards, uh, over a block a game, over a steal a game, shooting 52% from the floor, uh, almost 40% from three and almost 87% from the free throw line. Like he's really starting to put it all together. Um, and the mid-range shot is the thing. That's the 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 thing yeah. that he really had to get going. We've talked about it so many times. He's shooting a terrible percentage from you know inside the arc to within like five feet, right? That area he's shooting really bad. And this was maybe his best game in that area, uh, besides maybe the Rockets game. But this is uh, Luca answering a question about mid-range feel uh, and how he's feeling about his mid-range
0: shot so far. Yeah. But you, do you feel like you got just shot in the rhythm back now? Say again, sorry? You feel like you got your your rhythm right like now? Yeah, I feel, I feel real comfortable now with all my mid-range shooting. Uh, early in the season, I, it wasn't feeling as good. Uh, honestly, now I'm kind of like, I can be a little bit off balance or whatever, and, and I still feel the shot pretty good. So, um, it feels good to be feeling good. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I'll stay working. Again, shout out to uh, Sham God, you know, he's, he's been we've been working daily, and and, and, uh, and at the end, the, the answer to everything is just putting in work. You know, for me, it's it's always been that way, and and my work ethic has always helped me, you know, grow as a player, and this 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 year is no different. Uh, you know, I'm putting in the work, and that's that's giving me the fruits in, in the games.
1: And this is Porzingis answering the question about. Uh, the looks, the mid-range looks. Is that more from coaching? Is that more from Luca? Is that him? Is that him calling for the the ball in these spots? I think these two go together.
0: Yeah, that's kind of me and Luca just uh, talking and and figuring that those things out, and want to take advantage of that, you know. And when when they switch and I have a smaller guy on me, and I have to be able to take advantage. You know? Otherwise, I'm just a guard out there, seven three guard, and and tonight. Things clicked, and, and we played well, and Luca hit me in those spots. And, and I was just able to make the, make the play, whether it was passing or, or shooting over a guy. And, and that's it. And as I said, I'm just feeling comfortable doing it. And I said, I'll keep working and stay ready.
1: There's two things in those quotes that I thought were interesting. He's working with Shamgod. I feel like the ball handling and the and the, the dribbling, I feel like that really helps him. Because a lot of his mid-range shots were off of a little bit of movement, off of you know, a yeah. crossover, a step back, something like that. And then uh, the other thing was that he mentioned that I don't want to just be a seven three guard out there if he can't yeah. take advantage of the matchups, and that's the big thing that we've been talking about. And if you know those looks will be
2: there all day, like you said, if he takes advantage of those matchups, he doesn't want to be seven three Clay Thompson. All right, and that's what you know. A lot of people and even us on this podcast joked there for a bit that that's that was kind of the role he was playing. And I just want us all to take a moment to realize that. Hey, a 7'3 guy working with Sham God on dribbling is not normal, all right? <laughs> yeah, Boban's so, not doing it probably. It just that's it. It just plays into the unicorn nickname that that it's just not a normal thing for a guy like that who can. I mean, we've seen it a lot this year and recently. He gets the ball at times and does a little crossover pull up and, dude, seven foot three. Like, that's not normal, and you know so. And tonight they were going down. I mean, you can't. Yeah, tonight was amazing. Because a lot of these shots were going in, and it sounds cliche and dumb to say, but when these shots are going in, even off to the dribble, these deep threes, step backs, and all that stuff, I mean, you look amazing as a team. But I think they did a lot of things to make those shots happen, too, and get them in good positions.
1: Yeah, and that's where it starts to get put all together, you know, and to – for Kristaps for to take advantage of the mismatch when Sacramento's playing small, when they're playing Harrison Barnes at the five, and Porzingis is the biggest guy out there by a foot almost. And then he takes advantage of those matchups. Luca finds him in the right spots. All starts coming together. Uh, it was amazing. A great night from Kristaps Porzingis. I think it was probably his best game of the season.
2: Um, definitely his best game with Luca What about the the breakaway dunk, though? I mean, not breakaway, but it was like in transition Delon hits him. Delon was in like that, at the nail, and he turns around and, and
1: Porzingis was coming down the lane and he just dumps it to him.
2: In that postgame presser or that immediate scrum, Porzingis says earlier in the season they had a similar play, <laughs> and he wanted Delon to throw it off the backboard to him. I mean, that place would have just shut down if he threw off the backboard. But KP dunking that ball so hard, turn around, and he even said, you know, it was like a he said it was a light flex or a soft flex. He described yeah, it after the a game. Light flex. A, a light flex, and he had the, you know, the the look on his face his his sith lord fa- face and that you you coined the sith lord thing so <laughs> now i can't get it out of my head when i see him coming that's down what he down looks like his brow just
1: like furrows and he looks down and the, uh, his under eyes are like dark i don't know if he's get, getting enough sleep or if he got punched again or like whatever but he <laughs> just looks like a sith lord after he hits some of these shots and he runs down the court
2: he this was one of his best games of the year and I know we hyped it up yesterday, of saying they need a they need a fun, great win to head into the break, and this this is the definition of what you want going into the break. And you look at this star duo they for this one game for this Kings game, and we get it. It's it's the Kings and all that. But I guarantee you, you, if you're a team at the top of the West, and you're looking at you know if you're one of those top four teams, and you're looking at the other four teams, you know from four to eight or five to eight. Houston, Dallas, Memphis, OKC, you know those four teams, I guarantee you those top teams, they don't want Dallas to figure this out. (laughs) They don't want to watch this tape again, this Kings game, and say, let's hope that that's not a telling sign for the rest of the season because you don't want to face that Dallas team and that duo in the first round if they are hitting shots like they did tonight. Absolutely not. All right, coming up,
1: let's get into some of your questions. Fourth quarter, blowout theater. Here we go. All right, Isaac. Let's hit just a few of these questions. Corey Wages asks, "How many minutes did you just watch the game and smile ear to ear?" A lot. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, pretty much the whole time. Except yeah, when I Buddy mean, started yeah. hitting
2: threes, and then I got a little nervous. Heat check, but Buddy buckets, bro. Dude, dude, just launches. He's like a slingshot. Uh, Timothy asks. the hey, real quick, if he requests a trade, please get him on this team. He would fit perfect. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Do they are they interested in a Tim Hardaway Jr
2: it have to be the summer, but... You know.
1: Timothy said, do you think this is one of the better defensive performances by the Mavs this season? No, absolutely not. <laughs> they allowed 111 points.
2: Yeah, to a Kings team, that's not very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I can't think of the Mavs' best defensive performances off the top of my head.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd need to go back and look at it. I mean, just the Kings in general, I wouldn't... But, anyway. Yeah. Keep me on. Uh
1: Sajid said, uh, when will Rick start? Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Porzingis, and Willie Collie Stein. Um never. I don't think no. th- I just don't think that's gonna happen. The more I watch Willie Collie Stein, the more that I don't think he's a Carlisle player.
2: No, okay. Well I'll push back a little bit on that in just the postgame presser made it seem that, you know, when Rick Rick made a comment of saying, you know, this all-star break, we have a couple new guys to the team that it's gonna, like this this will be the time for them to fully put everything together with our system. And and I took away from that of the past like couple weeks with Willie or since he's been here, he's been trying to just piece it together and go through a couple practices here and there that, you know, Willie and MKG over this break will hopefully be fully integrated coming out of the break. Does that mean he's going to start? No, I don't think he'll start because I think they're starting to fully embrace the KP at the 5 and all that stuff, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what type of role he has. It'll be a situation thing probably.
1: Andre, I was laughing about this. Andre says, "Can we analyze how MKG, Michael Carter Williams, Carter with the K, <laughs> Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> can we analyze how MKG will help the team?" Um we will talk about Michael Carter-Williams. Dang it. We will talk about Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. No, you did it. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it got in my head. We will talk about Michael Kidd-Gilchrist after All-Star break. Isaac did a really great uh, one-on-one with him, and so we'll hear an interview with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist right after the break. So we'll talk all about him after after the break.
2: Yeah, it's good, too. We talk about his role, uh, ask him what Dallas's pitch was to him, um, of why he you know wanted to come here, kind of transition from Charlotte, uh, ask him about his shot, um, his strengths, why he picked number nine, his favorite players in the league, a bunch of random stuff, but you'll hear all that on the pod next week.
1: Garrett says, um, I don't know, Luke says, Hey, guys, are you taking some much-needed time off during the All-Star break? You deserve it. Winky face. No. No, we're not. No. We, we're, we're doing pods. We'll probably do
2: pods, maybe every single day over the weekend. So we'll be here. For yeah, All Star weekends, my one of my favorite weekends. It's not one of my wife's favorite weekends. She, <laughs> we are getting very close to the birth of our daughter. Oh yeah, and uh, made it through, texted, made it through the trade deadline. She texted me while I was at the game tonight and said, "I feel like the baby's coming soon," and I'm like, "What does soon mean? <laughs> like, do uh, do I have to leave yeah, this right, game right, right now?" <laughs> or? next couple and uh, I'm like, listen, there's two quarters left, babe. Just keep the baby. <laughs> uh, but anyway, all-star week gonna be great. And we'll yeah, we're we're doing pods. So uh, is Luca Porzingis the greatest Mavs duo name of all time? I'm not gonna address that, but I made I did make, I did do a a joke about it on Twitter. But I like the, ne- I like the Eurostep
1: I like the Eurostep brothers better.
2: <laughs> Anything's better than Luca Porzingis. I hate that
1: has Luka's absence boosted the confidence level of Porzingis and Seth. I don't know, the the Seth one is interesting, giving him a little bit more time, you know, to be like the second option sometimes number one option on the floor.
2: Yeah. I oh, know, I think I think it and it's not a shot at Luka at all. It's just when you take some of these guys and you give them more shots and uh you give them a little bit more confidence, give them a little bit more uh role on the team then yeah, it gets helps, helps get them going and stuff. So, I think it's a natural thing, but it's not a shot at Luka either. Vimena says, "Did they summon Holger for MKG?" <laughs> I, I, before the game, I wanted to ask KP after the game if he had got any work with Holger in, uh, because yeah, Holger was at the game. Was, we saw him uh, walk past in the locker room, and then he came out of the tunnel uh, before the game, and then he came out of the tunnel with Donnie Nelson uh, before and wearing this exact same outfit. So <laughs> shout out to you, Holger, the jacket and. Yeah, and it, it was great. And he went over and talked to Vladi and Paia and all them. And man, what a uh, what a night for Vladi and Paia to set third row, and just look. I mean, yeah. Imagine their face watching Luca put up thirty three, his whole stat line, and losing by twenty, and just wondering, "What the crap did we do?" <laughs> <laughs> like this could have been in a Kings jersey. So anyway, yeah. Um, Jesse says. What was it that Luke
1: Walton said to Luca? Luca didn't even care to tell Skin Wade what it was. Uh, after the game, Luca said that the reason why he every time he hit a shot he looked back at the Kings bench was because Luke Walton said something to him. Luke Walton said that he didn't say anything to Luca after the game, so
2: th- that stuff we'll never know. I wish. No. Maybe it was something. That,
1: maybe it was something about Luca's mom. I don't know.
2: A lot of that banter, trash talking stuff that happens on the court—you know—it's kind of like an unwritten thing. A lot of players just keep it between themselves and rightfully so that should just stay between them
1: yep and that's where it will Uh, last question James says how much do Dallas fans love Chick-fil-A a A whole damn much a whole damn much James every fan base loves Chick-fil-A there you go guys we'll be back tomorrow to break down the all-star weekend and then all through all-star weekend we'll break it down and then uh, we will be back with an MKG interview guys thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps peace out boom